Welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh. My name is Mike. And Ray is absent today. He is out on assignment. Not 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 on He is assignment. not present. He is he is unpresent. He is he is actually unpresent. He's, just, he's at work. He's yeah, he's he at work. Yeah, he's he's being a, an adult with many important things to do. Um and yeah, that's that's about that. Also, Mike, I'm I'm just gonna give you a real quick round of applause. Um, on the second take, you did mm-hmm. much better. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Don't you mean the first take, oh, yeah. Josh? Yes, this is unscripted gaming. We we the never... one that our lovely audience is hearing. Please like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> we ne- we never we never shoot retakes and and start over because that would be that would be ridiculous. That would be scripted, and that's bad. It's okay. I made one dumb joke about Ray liking Battlefield, and it was not very funny, no. so no one will miss it. I made a dumb joke about Fortnite being around for a fortnight. It, you know, it's probably better that that part of the episode was lost to the to the ether. Good. So what's good, buddy? Yeah, well, it's been a minute. We are officially in the post-gritty timeline. And if I didn't F up the recording on that uh, one episode, we would have had a more recent update, but yeah. I did. So here we are. It's been a minute. Yeah, so, we, uh, we, we had some technical difficulties. It's, you know, this this is our sorry. first time doing this. So, uh, you know, you'll have to forgive us here, but we, mm-hmm. we're here now. Long time recorder, first time, long time dumbass, first time trying to be a professional. Um, but here we are. It's unscripted gaming. We're back, and we didn't script this because I don't know what we want to talk about first. No, we really, we really probably should have picked out uh, the, the the beginning topic of conversation. I guess really, let's 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 uh kind of recap anything that you have been uh, engaging in your time since we have last spoken. What what have you been playing, Mike? I have. I can't remember if I really if it was really out by the last time we had recorded, but. Uh, as to no surprise to anyone who listens to this podcast, I am a Destiny fan. Wait, what? I have been. I I am a fan of Destiny, the video game that's, produced that's by Bungie. New information for me. And I have been playing a crap ton of Destiny uh, to Forsaken, the new expansion to Destiny Two. And boy howdy, do I really like? I said boy howdy in 2018. I'm so sorry. Uh, I really enjoy it. I wish um, you hadn't done that. Uh, I think some of the, the some of the story stuff they do uh, in the campaign is is pretty good. Uh, but as someone who really likes some of the deeper lore stuff of Destiny that they really like lean into and some of the end game stuff is is really cool to have those kind of have that part of the universe kind of expanded with like the what the story of like the raid is and like all the weird taken. Uh, awoken space elf kind of design like it's really cool uh random rolls on guns being back is really interesting because now if i get a drop it's still worth like it's still <laughs> worth it just adds a lot more replayability to stuff just because if you get a powerful if you get like if your powerful weapon is something um like in in year one of Destiny Two, it would be just like, oh, it's another Better Devils, which I already know I don't like, so I'm just going to delete this. But it's my powerful gun, so I guess I have to use it. 
they kind of work around that in a couple of ways in a couple of ways so it's like having random rolls like makes me more willing to like try out guns i maybe didn't love the first time if i have if it has like an interesting set of perks um and there's just lots more ways to get powerful stuff um i mean you can do like a daily story mission a daily heroic adventure uh there then there's like a rotation of a daily crucible strike crucible uh strike or uh gambit um it it just feels like that they really spread out all the ways to to be able to improve your character so it's nice to feel like you don't have to if you don't really like playing crucible you there are still plenty of ways to like level up and get cool good stuff um without having to without feeling like you're not making any progress uh so just they they've they made infusion a bit more costly i, I was and this is kind of a bit of a nitty gritty here but yeah, infusion is a little bit more expensive, but it, I think they're gonna tweak it because I think they, I think they probably overdid it just a bit. But um, it, it kind of, it's good. It's kind of a gentle way to encourage you not just to like blindly infuse the same gear you have, but to give new stuff a try. Because I've, it's kind of pushed me into new kind of gameplay types or like loadouts that I don't think I really would have liked initially but have with like some of the with interesting perks and kind of uh, more, more thought going into just like improving my other gear via deleting new stuff I get. Um, it's been really cool. Um, I guess I'd, I, uh, what else? Uh, there's just a lot going on there. I personally, as someone who's been playing destiny since the taken King of destiny one, I think it's the best Destiny has ever been. And I also just really, really like the uh, new mode, Gambit. It's like a weird... It's kind of... It's like a light MOBA, almost. Go on. Yeah, because they're like guys that spawn around the map. You kill the guys. You pick up the, the little moats, they're called, that they drop. You put them in the bank in the middle of the map, which sends more scarier bad guys on the uh, to the enemy team because it's like a PvP, like a PVE race. Because hmm. you're trying to kill the guys and like fill up your bank to seventy five points, and the other team is trying to do the same thing. But at intervals of like, if you bank five or ten at a time, you can send like a a guy who like blocks the enemy's bank, and they have to kill that before they can input anything, and then. At 25 moats, you can invade the other team and try to kill them while they're trying to do all this. So it's it's just like a really fun, chaotic mode where like lots of stuff is happening sometimes. Like it, it gets a bit sweaty when there's like five scary blockers out. You're carrying way too many moats, and then you see the pop up that the invader is coming in, and you have nothing to. And you're just kind of like. <laughs> It's just, it's really fun. Um, like I think the like the matches are always really, or ma- at least in my experience, like the matches have always been like pretty close. Or uh, I feel like it's, I I think there's a, there's a couple of, of um, a couple of times I've just 
gotten crushed, but I feel like most of the time, like the just the I think it's just ever, like a really ever fun. Had maybe double digit numbers of moats that you suddenly lost because you didn't bank them, Mike. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, it hurts so much. It's it's bad because the invader when they come over to your side, they can see where everybody is and how many moats they have. So while sending over like big double digit number of double digit val- point value blockers is good. If you don't time it right, you can uh, get invaded when you have a, a big fat juicy 15 next to your name, which is the max amount of block or most you can carry, which uh, is bad because then the invader is just like, oh, I'm going to kill you with my <laughs> sleeper from across the map and there's nothing you can do about it. And it, 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 it's bad. It hurts a lot and I hate it, but I actually love it because then you get to invade them and return the favor. So I think overall, uh, like I said, I think it's the, between like Gambit, the, the, um, just like the, the campaign, the new subclasses that they've added, new weapons and, uh, just other kind of gameplay changes that they've made. I think it's the best Destiny has ever been, and uh, I've just been playing an absolute ton of it, and I have really, really, really enjoyed it. That's good. Um, now, some of my rant on this will have... Um, I have yet to actually play um, any of the Forsaken, um, and some of my feelings on this were documented well on the previous podcast, but... Uh, uh, anybody who has followed me on, on social media recently might have also noticed that uh, uh, for a while I was going after Bungie and Activision there um, saying basically I was not going to take the uh, get the Forsaken because of their decision to uh, make anybody who has not purchased the uh, the expansion passes uh, Warmind and Curse of Osiris in advance. Uh, you know, you basically had to buy those two to buy the Forsaken as well. Um, and there for a while, too, not only that, in my situation, I had the Curse of Osiris. I did not have Warmind. I made the decision. The Curse of Osiris was not very good. I didn't hear enough about Warmind to really make me think that it was worth the additional money. And I said, you know, I'm going to wait until the Forsaken, see what happens. When the Forsaken came out, they launched a bundle for the um, the expansion pass one and two for half off, uh, but the standalones were at full price. So you could get the bundle for ten dollars, or you could get the standalones for twenty dollars each. When I tried to purchase said bundle, I was told that I would be unable to because I had one of them already in it. So that, that, that just made me feel like they were really just trying to get as many dollars out of me as I could before I purchased uh, Forsaken. But I do believe that Destiny, um, you know, Bungie and Activision heard. They probably looked at the numbers and saw that they weren't converting enough people. Um, and they have recently made the decision to change it so that if you do purchase uh, the Forsaken and you do not have Expansion Pass 1 and 2, um, you basically, if you, you buy the Forsaken, you complete your bundle. So all you have to do yes. is buy the Forsaken, and you get everything you had missed previously uh, to get up and running. Uh, also, I'm glad that you're calling it the Forsaken. 
I, don't, I do it I, every I, time. I, I know it's Forsaken, but I can't not call it the Forsaken for whatever reason. Um, Noted. Okay. But I was just curious. I, I I think this was a a good move on on Bungie and Activision's part to to just kind of um, not make it seem like they were walling. You know. Oh, I I agree a hundred percent. Like, um, I I on the one hand, I kind of understand like why they um why they went that way in the first place, but I think it's also I mean. I, I, it's like, like as someone who is, you know, I, I'm kind of not really in the, this kind of doesn't really apply to me because I'm a sucker for Destiny who will basically, who's just basically, I'm the Destiny field reporter here at this point, so it's my obligation to play all Destiny content as early as possible to report on it for everyone. Um, that's my self-appointed duty and I will carry it to the grave. Um, but it's, uh. Like I, I like I don't f- I guess like I don't feel like burned or anything that I didn't get like I didn't uh um get kind of get this benefit of the the pricing on the um um of the bundles like I think I think I think it's ultimately a good call and they're they're making a couple they're putting out some goodies uh when the next expansion comes out I think everyone who had forsaken before the date that they changed this, which I think was like the 16th um, is getting a couple goodies, which is cool. And it was cool to like be right along the midst of like following along with like the world's first raid and kind of figuring out all that stuff. uh, Like all the poking around, like being one of the being in like the dreaming city in the first week and not really knowing like what the deal is or like, what's this? What's this? Like all that, I think all all like that was a really cool experience. So, I think so. I if if anyone is like, I, I don't think anyone who should like who, who paid the normal pricing before this kind of discount was made should feel like, um, I hope that they don't feel like slighted in any way. And plus, it just means more people is pl- are playing Destiny, which is good for the game. So, the only I think people, it's the I'm only people who I think it's a really great move, and I'm glad they. Su- I'm super glad they did it are people who were in my situation but gave in before this decision was made. People who completed their bundle for extra money, you know, like had stepped away from Destiny, had not purchased the expansion packs or had been like me and purchased one um, and not the other, had walked away for a little bit and came back hearing about Forsaken. Um, Those people probably do have reason to feel frustrated, but like, People like you who, pro- you know, purchased Destiny 2 with the expansion pass right off the bat, like with the mm-hmm. season pass, like I, I feel like there's less, there should be less frustration for those folks. You know, that's, I feel like and it's like, pretty standard in a big expansion like this to kind of say, hey, the, you know, this is the new thing. I mean, when, the, when you buy Destiny right now for $60, you get Destiny 2 the expansion pass one and two and forsaken. So there's, there, there was no reason besides just trying to extract as much money out of, uh, you know, those players who had fallen off to not just say, Hey, buy forsaken and you get everything you need to play forsaken. Yeah. And I, but, and, and, and like, and to that, I also, I feel like anyone who, who anyone, um, uh, 
who ended who bought into Forsaken at like a sixty dollar price to pick up an expansion and Forsaken. Uh, I think that there is, in my opinion, I think there's absolutely plenty of uh, of game there to get uh, to definitely get your money's worth out of it. Uh, in my opinion, like I was telling, I was telling them um, one thing I didn't mention earlier was that so in addi- I haven't run the new raid yet, but there on the, every other every th- like the kind of end game area has like a three week rotation of weird stuff that happens to it, and on the third week there's this like super there's like the secret like high level um it, it's like it's like the level the light requirement for it is like five. Or the recommended is like five, uh, um, five eighty, I think, with enemies, enemies in it. At the end, being five ninety. Uh, so it's like a really cool like three person mini raid, and like you're kind of going through this labyrinth, and there's like boss fights with mechanics, uh, and it's just like a really cool. Um, it, it I think it's just like a really cool. It's the kind of stuff that. De- that Destiny Two just didn't have on launch. That in uh, that was disappointing. That Destiny One had a lot of, like had more of like between things like like the, it's called the um, the Shattered Throne Dungeon, uh, and between that things like that and like the Whisper of the Worm quest that came out earlier this year, uh, and Bungie talking about how they've really how they really see the game having more types of kind of end game content like that it makes me really excited for um what kind of plans they have next and like i said there's just absolute i think there's just there's just so much stuff to do in destiny 2 right now and so i think and like i said it just has like a uh as like a value proposition um even, even if you didn't get the best deal on it i think there's still um I think there's still just like an absolutely ton of stuff to do, and all the all the new subclasses that I've played with feel are really great and add a lot of cool utility. Um, but yeah, so over I guess just kind of attend my piece on that. It's just I've just super duper been enjoying. Uh, I've just been playing a shit ton of Destiny, and I just really really enjoy it. All right, well I should probably have a uh, my own personal thoughts on Destiny. Uh, having stepped away for a couple weeks now, now that the, uh, the, the Forsaken issue has been corrected and I will likely purchase it and begin to play and, and hopefully see where, uh, see what happens. So I, I will have an update probably in the next podcast or two. I've been saving my, uh, uh, I haven't been leveling up one of my classes so I can play through it with you. Aw, how cute. Yeah. I've, so yeah, when yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll like run through the story missions with you and stuff. Um, anything else you've been playing, Mike? Um, let's see here. I've been. It's been a lot of Destiny. I'm not gonna lie, it's bad. I should probably check and see how much I've been playing on Destiny, but uh, um, I've I been a uh, couple against that, but that's just me. I mean, I as long it, someday it's gonna be higher than Payday Two, and that will make me feel happy. It's, it's um, a, that's gonna be a while though. We we played a lot of Payday too. I you know I it really it really 
I was thinking about this the other day of just like how much I fucking hated my build in Payday 2. Like, cause I, in Payday, I always ran as like the guy who had the turrets and the drills and it never like it using those, using those items and like kind of specking into those, like it never felt like by upgrading and like putting points into that tree, it never felt like I was getting like into being a better heister or, or more crafty. It just felt like my shit broke slightly less. Like it just never felt good. Like, cause my turrets like wouldn't like just sucked. Like they just, but they, sometimes they would suck less. And it, I was just thinking about that. Day, I was like, man, that sucked. Like, if we ever hardcore get back into Payday 2, I am absolutely not specking that way. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. Someone else can be the drill monkey, but not me. That's fair. It's just not fun. It doesn't feel fun. Um. Oh, but just a couple other quick things I've been playing before we can, and then we can hit some news here. I don't know if I mentioned it uh, last time, but I've been, uh, um, I played through Donut County. On my iPhone. This very cute little... don't really know how to describe it. It's like a... Mainly... You come for like the kind of... Puzzles. But the best part of it for me... Was like the story and the writing. Uh, Basically raccoons are... Stealing people's trash. And by trash... It means... Everything. Um, And you just play as raccoons... Summoning magic holes to... And you like slide the hole around and like pick up objects and then it's kind of a hard game to just describe, but I really, I really enjoyed the writing in that game. It was very clever. I think the main raccoon character is just, I don't know, not that I like know how it was just basically the perfect personification of a raccoon in, (laughs) in script. It was just like, no, that's exactly what a raccoon would like say and, and think and do. As a as the little creatures that they are. Now, um, is it just on iPhone or are what other other platforms that that? I think on? it's on. I think it's on it, PS4 at least. Mm-hmm. I think the console versions of it are fifteen. The I I played it on iPhone. It was only like five dollars or something. Okay. Um, but it it's a really cute game. I really enjoyed it. Um, I also really love the music. Uh, I believe that it was also composed by the um, by the uh, creator, the um, the lead de- developer of the game too. Um, uh, real quick, yeah. Mike, I I don't know yes. if you want um, while you were talking. I did I did a little research. Oh, so you played two hundred and twenty five hours. Of Payday 2. Oh, God. Okay. You have played... 386 hours and 42 minutes of Destiny 2. Oh, it feels so good. I'm free. Mike, that is 16 days of Destiny. Yeah, and it was great. You're in the top 12% of time played. Uh, You know, that sounds about right. 
I mean, you know, probably only like 5% of the player base has the wish ender bow anyway, so you know. Anyway, I just See, I just sees through to, walls. I just had to penetrates multiple targets. I just it's had really to good. break in with that. It's really fun that, to get. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, I'm, to not have paid AV my most played game anymore. I'm really glad that you feel good about that cuz man, I wouldn't. I feel great. It's cuz anyway. Destiny's a good game and Payday's not. The end. All right, continue on. Any Donut County, cute raccoons, anything. Uh, very fun. Would recommend. Uh, last one. Um, still been playing some more of 2018's game of the year. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. <laughs> Fighters. Uh, checking out some of the new characters. Recently, they added uh, Android 17 from the uh, Super arc of the show, and uh, Cooler. Brother of Frieza, which is really dumb. It's a dumb name. Um, I'm still not great at that game. Well, I'm pre- I'm free. I'm okay. I haven't won to. I've only like won once online. But, uh, hey, you know, it's the hyper playing online is the hyperbolic time chamber of getting good at that game. Because it makes you good fast. The only, the only question I have is when are they going to add King Cold? That's the that's the ultimate. They need to get him in there. I know. With Cooler and Android up uh, seventeen, that is the end of the first season of uh, uh of DLC characters. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they go in some interesting directions for season two. Um, but yeah, Android seventeen plays really differently from everybody else in the game. Uh, he's got, but he's got some really cool, uh, he's got some really cool moves, um, and he's a lot more, he's, like, a really kind of built to be, like, there's a lot of, like, fun change-up stuff he can do, and instead of, like, when you throw a fireball, he does, like, he, like, backflips to the wall and then jumps, which is, like, a, a really fun thing that you can kind of, like, like stutter step into other things or like warp behind somebody and call and there's just lots of fun stuff you can do with him and cooler is just an absolute bruiser uh who has some just really cool looking moves uh again it, i just maintain that game kicks ass it feels so much fun to play the music is amazing and it's a uh, 2018's game of the year so congratulations in advance <laughs> Alrighty. Any anything else that pretty much summed up the the main of what you've been been into? Uh, that pretty um that pretty much sums up what I've been playing a lot of. That's mostly what I've been playing. I mean, there's been right. like a couple itty bitty things here and there, but I'll I'll have more more info on that in the coming in coming episodes. But well, my uh my list is a lot shorter. Um, I have been playing a crap ton of Pokemon Go recently. Uh, getting getting Ooh. in and and dog has gotten me out walking more and uh, a dog. Uh, the, during the walking, I was like, "Why am I not doing something besides just walking around?" So I thought, you know what I'll do is I'll see I'll check in on Pokemon Go, see what's been what's been going on there, and then I never stopped. So. <laughs> Uh, I've been playing a lot Uh-oh. of Pokemon Go recently. Um, they have definitely uh, continued to uh, add to that game and iterate on it since its inception. It, it, it is still the core of the game that it was 
um, but they have added a lot of things um, like uh, different combat stuff, raids, uh, research projects that are going on, uh, you know, a bunch of new Pokemon from different uh, different generations. So there, there are a lot of uh, community events that happen at, during, uh, you know, throughout the week. So they, they have definitely continued to add on to that game. And I've actually really enjoyed uh, and enjoyed playing that huh. game. And also taught my my child how to play pokemon go so sometimes she asks for mm, that's so precious she'll just be that's like adorable. pikachu phone pikachu phone and i'll get out my phone and she will help me catch pokemon she's actually pretty good at it um she knows how to get into the pokedex and look at all the pokemon that i've seen and caught and whatnot and knows a lot of them by their name and, and whatnot so that's been a lot of fun um other than that i did play a little bit more of night in the woods and not as much as i would have liked but I, i'm still enjoying that story i'm really interested to see mm -hmm. uh where it goes again as I, I said on the last time i talked about it you know being a being a kid who grew up in a very similar situation to the main character you know a small dying town post and you know post industry uh kind of wondering about uh you know the future and college and getting out of the town kind of thing, you know, I can very much relate to the main character. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm really interested to see local factory closed down. Yep. Yep. And, you know, and I, I, I know very little about this game and where it goes. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens. Um, yeah. So, uh, hope, hope to get into that a little more. I'm, I'm actually going to have a little more free time here soon. So I'm hoping to, uh, power through some games that I've I've been not touching recently, uh, but that's really been about it for me since I haven't been playing Destiny. That's uh, that's been about the the long and the short of my gaming the last uh, last couple weeks here. All right. Well, hey, last thing about Destiny before I forget: when when we play through the story together, just remember when you do the mission to get your subclass, and you can pick you can pick one tree to apply it to. Pick code of the missile. Just trust me. It's the best new subclass that they added. It's hilarious and amazing and really, really powerful. The end. If you say so. If you slide over any ammo brick, it reloads your gun and you do more damage. So Rockstar is getting ready to release a video game. Yeah. We should talk about that. That was just about to transfer into the news because, who oh boy, we got a uh, a legitimate labor. We got an LLC, a legitimate labor crisis happening here. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. I just can't believe you just said that, Josh. I know you're a passionate guy I, about I, many things. I am indeed very passionate about many things. Well, let's unpack this. Well, as everyone knows, let's let's I'll, let me try to preface this a little bit. So, there's a cowboy game made by the people who made Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto Five being the, I think the if I still remember correctly, the most it is the highest profitable entertainment launch ever. I think it's the most like above that, movies. I think, I think it's music close to a billion dollars. Yeah. Yes. Like if not 
if not more. Um, so a studio that is, this is not an independent team. This is, it is not a team that is hurting for funding in any way. Sorry. Are, uh, Let me just real so. quick. 90 million sales worldwide and six. 90 million? Billion in revenue. Uh, that's fucking gr- for G- for GTA Five. Yes. So um, Jesus. Keep keep that in mind as we talk about the size and scale of Rockstar and the money Six that they have billion and could devote to development costs of a new video game. That is so much money. It is. It is a stupid amount of money. That's crazy. Uh, well, so keeping that in mind, uh, they're making a cowboy game called Red Dead Redemption Two. Sarah just walked in and she's making, she's trying not to disturb the recording and it's being very peaceful. But you're still getting distracted. I love you, sweetie. Sarah has also been playing Destiny and also enjoys it. Um, anyways, uh, um, so they're making a cowboy game comes out this week and oh my God, there's so many tangents we can go on this in the story. It's fucking crazy. Well, I think the the big, the big start of it was, um, I forget who Dan Hauser's interview with New York magazine. Yeah. Dan Hauser getting out and basically saying, you know, he is the, uh, co-owner founder of rockstar you know that we we have been pulling a hundred hour work weeks trying to crunch and get ready you know get ready for the launch of the game um to which the 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 games press and and uh fandom did not take too kindly to that um that statement that they were working hundred hour work weeks trying to crunch get ready for the game which which mr hauser did come out and 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 try and clarify uh, you know later that that day or the next day and just saying like oh well i'm just talking about uh you know the writing team and some of the senior staff and and we never ask anybody to do this and there there are some people here who i believe his exact phrase was we don't expect expect anybody to work hard yes like this and it's like you know, there are some people of us who who do, and that's our choice. But we would never, never expect or ask anybody to to do something like you know something like that. And that when I was saying this, I was referring to just a small, small, small group of people, and that's just not how we operate. And just in this first, like we we we're just scratching the surface here, but there's so much to unpack right here. For those who don't, Rockstar has had a. This is not the first time that like labor issues have come up at Rockstar. Like Rockstar has been under. It's been since the first Red Dead Redemption came out in two thousand ten nine. Um, there were some you know serious calls about the labor then. L.A. Noir. Like this is n- this is not a first. This is not a su- it's not a surprise that that Rockstar has always had this kind of reputation of crunching people into dust. So to 
so for them to go out and 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 this was like and this New York mag it was there was a New York magazine piece when Dan Hauser said this and and he's talking about oh you know like this game the script for this game is like 800 pages long like if you printed it out it would be like two feet tall um and and like we work hundreds of hours on this per week like we work a hundred hours a week on this um and sidebar he makes this con- at least in the context of the New York magazine interview he he makes this comment and it, it is unchallenged by the writer and published in the and published which it just raises an eyebrow to me it's like someone says something like that and it's just like really i mean maybe it's just that we're i mean you and i are like pretty sensitive on kind of issues like that just being the leftist people that we are but just how did with how much is how much of a discussion has come of you know labor in games like with tell the telltale stuff that happened just a couple weeks ago like how does like how does new york magazine let that go like it's just a weird oversight on their part the only thing i could see is if this this is a person and i don't know anything about the reporter who was interviewing um hauser um you know i don't know how plugged in they are into Mm -hmm. the games community and the gaming scene because it's very possible that he um thought that hauser was speaking anecdotally or you know just kind of like oh you know we were working on 100 hour weeks basically not like being serious not saying like we were literally working 100 hour weeks um you know i can kind of see where they may have missed that if they're not plugged in to the gaming world um mm-hmm. but still in a, in a society where i feel like labor issues have been coming up more and more frequently across all industries uh, it's just you, you would imagine that a, a reporter doing an interview like this might might press a little bit more on a statement like that yeah and then like and you touched on it too. So after the kind of initial like "holy shit, wait, what?" kind of reaction that this this art this interview got, Hauser comes out and says that, "Oh, uh, we I was only referring to the writing team, and this was only for a period of three weeks. So we were only working a hundred hour weeks, maybe not a hundred, but like ninety, eighty for three weeks." That's what he came out to like in his clarification. And I think, and Jason um, Schreier of Kotaku had, we, I don't know if we can put this in the show notes or something. Um, put has, uh, had been like when this first came out last week said he was working on a uh, article that, um, That was, uh, he had been talking to a lot of Rockstar employees just about the, uh, their experience there because, like I said, this is something that this is a reputation they've had for quite a long time. And he, uh, and he put an article up on Kotaku that, that I think includes accounts of over, I mean, he interviewed, you know, 34 current employees. And forty three current or forty three former Rockstar employees. 
about just their labor and work experience there. And it's, I mean, just kind of going over everything, it's wild. Like, it's, I honestly, like, don't know where to start. Like, it's, like, looking, like, just kind of going through this and you're seeing them talk about how, I think, like, I mean, you can glean it from the New York Magazine interview, like, and uh, the correction, quote-unquote, that Hauser put out, is that they just have, that the Rockstar upper managers just have no, no clue about how, like, just completely screwed their process is in terms of, like, respecting the, the working, like, respecting the labor of their employees. And I, and I mean that, like, in, in that they say, in that their answer to, like, hey, don't you feel like that, um, people are, like, work, or that people are putting in, like, this is all an insane amount of work you're asking people to do without generally not giving them overtime? And they're like, well, it's just because, you know, like, the lead, the head of publishing is, is in, uh, um, is the main kind of, uh, spokesperson for Rockstar and Jason's piece here. And the head of publishing is like, you know, we're just a passionate bunch of people who just want to make a really great game. And, you know, sometimes that might lead to us working (laughs) an extra 40 or 50 hours a week. Whoops. And it's like, what? No, no, that's ridiculous. Like to say that you can't be there's the thing that really grinds, really grinds my gears is that there's an undertone to everything is that you're not working hard if you're not working 80, 70 hours a week for months. You're not working hard if you're not here nights and weekends and not seeing your family and enjoying your free time. Yeah, and this this is this is what really gets me about this kind of, of culture. And you see this a lot like, you know, a, a big example that comes up are like Japanese salary men. It's like mm-hmm. all of the studies that have ever been done on workplace productivity have consistently and continually pointed to the kind of work environment that Hauser is talking about at Rockstar often and always leads to a worse output output from your employees. Yes, there are a small number of people who do choose and work better in those kinds of conditions and if you do have folks who want to work that way let them work you know you let the employee work the way they want to work but when there's a culture that seems to encourage and expect this behavior from everybody you get a worse product so you you wonder how Mm -hmm. yes there's a there's a crunch that happens and whatnot but you wonder if, if if this wasn't the the expectation if this wasn't the culture would would a better product happen would the crunch not need to happen because people would be more refreshed they would have better idea they you know they would come to work every right, day every like, week ready to do a good job rather than just sitting there spinning their tires because yeah. they're they've been there and they're exhausted and they're yeah. depressed and they've missed their families and like you just you just wonder like I'm, like sure, if you're, I'm sure if you're, Red Dead is going to be a great game. Could it have taken less time? Could it have gotten delayed a few fewer times? Could it be even better 
if if the people making it weren't so like weren't knackered. Yeah, like if you're bug fixing at three a.m., like you're probably creating more bugs than you're fixing. Like, um, and 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 kind of and you touched on it too, like the and and like the Hauser and the uh, head of publishing here in Rockstar and Jason's piece are these are not like secret recordings here. These are things they're on the record about. It would just show just goes to show that they just have they're just in completely clueless about it like they're like you know we ha- we didn't ask you know we don't ask people to um to you know put in these crazy hours like it's like you know it's like we will you know we'll you know, as deadlines get tighter you know we will ask we will you know hope that our team members like will will do what they do what is necessary to uh get the work done here you know, we're not asking people to, you know, put in these like crazy hours, but it's they're so clearly creating a culture where the the only way you get recognition is to be is to like it's not even the quality of your work. It's just the raw quantity. It, it, that's the thing is like multiple rock star employees, current and former are are on the record here saying that they they like will go into the office on the weekends and do nothing at their desk just so that the housers can see them there and think that they're working. And it's just like is a complete misunderstanding of uh of just like what productive labor is and it's kind of the it's kind of the issue you have with the great players becoming coaches. They struggle often to understand why people aren't the way that they are. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, when you, when you have somebody who is like, a, is like, the, you know, are like the housers and they, they have that kind of work ethic and they're like, this is our job. This isn't just our jobs. This is our lives. This is everything we eat, breathe, sleep and do. Um, they, they struggled to see, how anybody couldn't feel the same way that they do or do things the same way that they do. They can't, they, they struggled to get outside of themselves in that fashion. Um, and I'm not saying that's, that's okay, but I'm saying that that's, you know, that's probably, that's probably where that comes from. And that just being unwilling or incapable of, of seeing a world outside of how you see it um and then being so driven that they forget that like hey some people just want to work 40 to 50 hours a week then go home and see their family some people don't want to work on weekends because they have children that have lives that yeah like uh like colby um the head of publishing is on the is on um uh, has a comment here. We care deeply about the games. You can become uh, obsessive about certain things. It's like there's. It, it's just throughout all like all this testimony. It's clear there's there's an implicit there's like there's an implication that the only like your work is not like your work and production is not respected unless you are working are just doing eight hours of work over twelve hours a day instead of just eight. Like it's again, it's raw. It's just a focus and like fetishization of like raw product, 
like raw time in the office versus actual productivity. And that's not even, and like there are other things in here that are like worse. Like they have now, they now put names on the website. Um, Cause rock the the thing that they would this is the, like the really nefarious thing in this piece is that Rockstar for a quite a long time I think it it's slightly changed with the release of Red Dead Two, um, but the, if you were were not no matter how much work you did on a project, if you were not working at Rockstar when the game shipped, you were not in the credits, like you were just not listed in the credits of the game. And that is fucking insane. Like, I think that alone is something that, um, that it, it, it's just like the labor, like the work hours are bad, but not being credited. Like if you say you like modeled five different trees that are used all over in Red Dead 1, but quit because you're fucking tired of working 70 hours and 80 hours a week for months and aren't seeing your family. Your name, your name, like the one testament you have to like the labor that you produce that is being used in this game that's making money. They take that from you. And that is just so gross. Like now you're, so now with uh, Red Dead 2, they're putting, they're like the, the, um, those employees, uh, who are not with who started Rock Red Dead Two, but did not finish it, are now on on the website but not in the game, and that'll I, I, like again it's just like that, and and uh, that in and of itself is something that is a huge reason why, like, there needs to be a push for a game developers y- union or of some kind. Like, it's just, I mean, because. The film industry has plenty of labor problems, but they take those credits seriously. That's how you get other work. That's how people know that they can, you know, rely on you when they hire because they see your credits. And for like, I don't know what the the practices of this across the industry, but uh, I don't think Rockstar is the only company that is uh, uses the credits to control people. Yeah, it just, and to it make seems like and a make people cynical and vindictive move. Yeah, it's it, it and it just shows goes to show that like the owners and bosses of a company will never have the worker like the worker interest. It, it's just against their nature inherently to take that interest. If that makes sense. So you can't basically you can't expect them to regulate themselves and to hold themselves and to be held accountable to do that and to not waver like they need to be forced into that position because they clearly are not doing it um, on their own. Well, you even see that you even see that like in the in the fandom like I you know I think about the the stuff with with uh, Telltale closing. And yeah, there were mm-hmm. plenty of people who were coming out and saying like, "Yo, you need to pay these people severance. Like, you need to make it right. How dare you let somebody move across country and sell everything they own and then close the studio after they got hired eight days later?" But then you have a whole other group of people just clamoring, "Where's our game? How are you going to finish this? What are you going to do?" Like, just talking about like, "Hey, make our game. 
you need to cut a deal with somebody to get the money to finish this game. Like, I, you know, I can't just put the blame on the Housers because we, as a a a gaming culture, as the fandom, have also allowed this by just being so demanding. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to like take any any. Um, uh, responsibility away from them. Obviously, they're at the ultimate, ultimately responsible. But when you also just have an audience that is clamoring for that kind of stuff, it's it makes it more difficult to put those kinds of thoughts front and center in your mind because uh, you're like, oh well, we're we're doing this, we're doing this for our fans, we're doing this for our customers, and it's like, well, yes, but you also need to take care of your employees, and that, and that's another reason why. Yeah. Unionization is so important because you have to have somebody who whose first interest is always labor. It is always yeah. the employee. Somebody mm-hmm. has to always have them first and foremost. Um and it's not management and it's not the fan base. It it's And it's definitely not and it's definitely not the shareholders no. who are important elements of both of yep. those things. Like yep. Um, and, and to kind of give a positive spin uh, of uh, the fallout of some of this, you know, a lot of developers have been sharing their th- experiences in crunch and, um, and, uh, and just, and, and it's been a lot of reflection, which has been interesting across from a lot of developers and kind of leaders of the gaming industry this week online about how things that they, like they thought they were, you know, trying to be like thought they were, they thought they were good, like encouraging people who, you know, Hey, you put in a lot of hours this week. Great job. Like, you know, shout out to this person. Cause they were here nights to, uh, you know, really make sure things got taken care of. There's been a kind of seed. It feels like there's, I don't know. We'll have to see how the follow-up of this goes. Um, but there, I think, I hope that there's been a real sea change in the attitude that, people working 70 hours a week for months isn't people wanting to be like other oh, super passionate and productive. It's a, it's like a failure of project management is what it is. It's, um, and like a lack of imagination in problem solving. Like, uh, I, uh, criterion games, which is another, um, you know, they had worked on the burnout games, uh, in their history. I think they're an EA they're an EA team right now. Uh but they had a, a kind of a, a post um with uh I can't remember the name of the, the website here but uh they had kind of they had recently come out and detailed a lot of the things that they do to fight crunch and overworking and and m- make sure and 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 it's not it wasn't just like ask people to not work as much. It's you know how can management how do we make decisions faster to make sure people aren't investing a huge amount of time into work that doesn't get used? How do we, you know, if we see people are like, if we see like it was just, it was a lot more focus on how management can plan their development and try to anticipate these area, you know, these kind of deadlines to um you know to not have to overwork people because like when rockstar is working on the whim of like the housers showing up at their office like whenever 
like it when they don't really have a plan for that then um it's just it just requires a lot more of like it. It's just like turning a very large ship can only be done so quickly. Like, yeah, like Criterion had a really good understanding that like it's a dumb project management example, but like nine women can't have a baby in one month. Like it's it's just like it's about there's just like a, an amount of there are th- are steps you can do like it's not just crunch isn't just a nature of the beast it's like you you know there are there is there are you know deadlines with like shipping and publishing and that you know that are pretty pretty solid but there are a lot there's a lot of things you can do if you are really committed to treating your employees right and and still making great product there are absolutely ways to it there's Crunch absolutely ways impossible. to work around it if it's happening all the time that is a fundamental lack of planning not just the nature of the beast yes exactly and it's, it's just a lack of caring too because as we had mentioned before rockstar has plenty of change and plenty of talent to f- navigate around these problems and there's a very sp- and to kind of connect the dots here, there's a very specific reason why they don't because it's bad for the bottom line. Yep, that is very true. Well, dang. So yeah, that again. Go read Jason uh, Jason Schreier's story on Kotaku. Uh, it was a very interesting read, and I would highly recommend it. He's got very thorough details and sourcing, and he even talked about a. Uh, a very weird interview he went into with uh with Rockstar where he's you know, they at they Skype in different teams from around the company and then he they asked him how he felt about it and he's like, Well, I can't trust these people to be honest because you know, I'm in your building right now and Rockstar just seemed floored by that response, which is telling. Yeah. Just huh. Hmm. <laughs> well, we're coming up at about an hour here. Uh, Josh, is there anything else you want to cover? That was a pretty good, pretty good thorough discussion. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, uh, I think there, there's plenty more we could probably discuss, but I think we have had a, a good discussion here and, and don't want to overstay our welcome. You know, we're, we, we gotta, it's been a minute. So we gotta ease people back in. So I, I think, I know. Yeah. I can't hit them with the, uh, can't uh you know overload them no 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 gotta no. keep gotta leave them wanting yeah 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 gotta, 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 gotta get them coming back next time for for more more discussions and more more deep thoughts so uh you know and also we just can't we can't let the, let the discourse never die yeah we can't we can't leave ray out you know we gotta get ray back in here so no I, he's i'm i really hope i'm I hope he was able to acquire his copy of battlefield he was very excited about it me too and i and i hope I hope he. Uh, I hope he gets his victory royale. I really do. You know, I, I worry about him and, and just. Uh, you know, I mean, it means a lot to him to 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 be successful as a as a Fortnite influencer, and and it's really tough out there when you when you don't don't get those dubs regularly. So, Ray, to, here's to your uh, here's to your Fortnite career, sir. Where are we dropping? Yeah. 
So, uh, well, where we're dropping is here on YouTube. You just made sure you oh. <laughs> are following Unscript Podcast. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at Unscripted Gaming. Uh, just type us in the search box, give us a like there, comment on our stuff, chat with us, have some discourse. Uh, you can get us on Twitter at Unscript underscore Gaming. Uh, you can get us if on- you send us questions, we'll answer them. Yeah, yeah. If you send us, if you send also, us questions, you should leave us a review. Yeah, get us uh, here on iTunes. I promise. Google Play, Podcast, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, anywhere you can get a podcast. We are there. Hit us up. Leave us a review. Give us a rating. Buy, unscri- buy Unscripted Gaming War Bonds. Yeah. We need you to presumably leave a five-star review because that helps us probably more than just about anything. So, Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so, you need uh, a podcast review. We really, uh, we really appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, thank you for listening to Unscripted Gaming. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>